Alright, welcome in to Farscast. Fars and Vasugian back here with you as we get closer and closer to Christmas and the end of 2020. Thank goodness. Uh, we may see some of 2020 and 2021, but hopefully 2021 at some point is the end of all this craziness. Hopefully you guys are all staying safe and uh, I know tough times for everybody right now, but hopefully you guys are able to find... Uh, some peace, some happiness uh, for the uh, for the Christmas. Uh, some people out there are going to be without family members, whether it's because of COVID or anything uh, tragic that's come along the way. Um, you know, I, I kind of said this on uh, Thanksgiving, and um, just recently it was my mom's birthday. She had a really big health scare, not COVID related, but um, you know, she's doing a lot better now. Uh, and so I get it, man. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just a scary thought uh, for a lot of people. During the holiday season, I remember when I was younger, I didn't really understand the uh, reason why people would get stressed uh, during the holidays. And, you know, as you get older, you kind of uh, understand why. So, um, you know, hopefully all of you guys are able to find some happiness and uh, peace during this uh, holiday season. Because I know this is going to be very different. For some people, it's tough because they're without certain family members for the first time or even the 10th time. It's still going to be just as hard. Uh, but even with the p pandemic, uh, it, it just makes it even harder, man. So, man, props to everyone for making it this far. It's it's, it's tough. Um, I'm telling you, I know a lot of people are, are disagreeing with uh, certain politicians and the way they want to approach things. And I'm not going to get into that on this podcast. Um, the only thing I will say is, look, I know people talk about businesses and how tough they are. And look, as a business owner, I, I, I don't it's not easy for me to watch and hear these stories the only thing I will say is this, and I don't think anyone can disagree with this, um, a business can come back to life. A business can die and, and, and can come back, as difficult as that may be. Again, as a business owner, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. But lives cannot, man. Um, I, I, we all agree we, we want this pandemic to end. We all agree we want to go back to concerts and sporting events and not be with our dumb masks and all. I, you know, I don't know anyone that's thrilled that we have masks right now, but... I think the way we want to approach all of this is uh, is different, but that that's beyond me. I don't get it. Um, hopefully, we can get through this because, man, I, I, politically and w w with race and uh, this pandemic, I mean, there's been a, a really insane divide when you think there would be more uh, togetherness in all of this. So hopefully, we can uh, get through this as uh, soon as possible. That's all you can really say about these kinds of things. I'm excited for this episode. My good friend Eddie Law is going to be joining me. Eddie does all kinds of things uh, when it comes to blogging and podcasting with uh, NFL, college football, MMA, UFC talk. Uh, Eddie's a cool dude, really cool dude. He's going to be joining me in just a moment. We're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff, um, uh, talking football, uh, UFC, uh, some some college as well. Uh, very excited to get into all of that with Eddie Law. I, I, I could talk to Eddie for hours. He's an awesome guy. He really is. And I know he's very busy with his uh, personal life, uh, a, a new father as well. So uh, give uh, uh, got to give props to him for uh, making time for me to come on uh, and coming back to the podcast. So uh, Eddie's going to be coming on in just a moment to uh, talk about all of that uh, very shortly. So uh, before we get into that, again, appreciate all of you guys who have been subscribed to the podcast. Uh and by the way, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, for those of you guys following me, Facebook, man, we're blowing up on there. Uh, I don't know what to say. You guys are awesome for sharing all the posts, all the people who have been joining the page. Uh, numbers have been insane through the roof. So got to give a big thanks to all of you guys 
please keep sharing the post and please keep inviting your friends. The page is growing every day and, and we're doing giveaways on there. I, you guys like giveaways, right? Who doesn't? So join me on there on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzine And again, we're everywhere on the uh, podcast websites. Uh, Stitcher, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, you name it, tune in. We're, we're everywhere. So please make sure you subscribe and share the links with your friends uh, through text, social media, email, uh, however it is you guys share podcasts. All right, coming up next, Eddie Law joining me here on Farscast. All right, welcome in to Farscast. We are podcasting, of course, as we do everywhere on Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. But we're also doing this live. We started this last week uh, with my friend Charles Goldman from the Chiefs Wire, which is part of USA Today's Wire Network. And we're going to try this again, see how it goes. If you guys like it, we'll keep doing it. Uh, So we're going to do this again on Facebook Live. So we are, I'm uploading my guest segments onto YouTube uh, but we're going to try to also do it on Facebook Live as well, see um, if people are enjoying this, people like it. Um, we'll see how things go. But for today's episode, joining me, uh, coming back on to the podcast is Eddie Law. If you guys want to hear NFL talk, uh, UFC talk, uh, this guy has a blog, he's got multiple podcasts, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. And he's back here on the podcast. What's going on, man? Oh, man, chilling, dude, chilling. Nice little Thursday night. I, you know, I didn't realize that Christmas is next week. Yeah, it is next week. Coming up fast. Yeah, I, do. I never shop on time. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Who does? No, no, but I, I just, I, that's what I, Ever, that's why I don't like the holiday season. Cause you got to go out and shop for other people. And it's just like, dude, can I just give you like money and you go get it yourself? Like, yeah. Isn't that what gift cards were, were made for? You be the hero. Right. You just give it, they you make it all simple. Just like that. Right. But at some point, even, even, even the gift cards were given this like weird, like, like thought i guess feeling to it right was like oh it's too easy to get your shit here you go here's a card have you ever used a gift card to buy another gift card because i have done that no <laughs> it's pretty good though it's kind of a funny thought uh no. no someone once bought me a gamestop gift card and i used it to buy my brother an itunes card so no oh, there that? you go <laughs> hey look man it's like it's like a better regift. Yeah, you know, people are talking about regifting and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's a better regift. That's much better. Are you uh, watching this uh, Raiders Chargers game on Thursday night? No, I'm following it on ESPN.com. So it's like I, I literally just like scrolling through, and uh, uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, look, man, I, 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 all right. I don't dislike Derek Carr. I don't. I've been rooting for the guy since Fresno State or Fresno State. Yeah, Fresno State. But. Like this, cause like, oh man, come on, man, you got, you gotta, you know, he's got the whole family name on his back. He's the one that has to like fix that entire thing, and he was doing so good, and something last year or two, just wrecked it, right? Just completely wrecked it. Well, here's the thing: 2016, he should have been MVP that year. He absolutely, absolutely. should have been. And I, I said this uh, before 2015. I said, look. 2015 is going to be a building block for the Raiders. And in 2016, they're going to be competitive. And look, I mean, a lot of my followers are Chiefs fans. So naturally, they all just laughed and said, no way in hell. Mm. Well, I mean, they were supposed to win the division, but Derek Carr's injury did open that back up to the Chiefs. And look, give credit to the Chiefs. Mm. But man, at the end of the day, it's just like, 
he, he says he's tired of being disrespected, but the inconsistency, man, it's just, it's pretty bad on him. And look, man, he took that Kirk Cousins route. Like, you like that? Like, like <laughs> you got to go all in if you're going to do something like that. You can't just be like, I feel disrespected. I mean, and then you play the way he's been playing. Look, he, it's like he has like a good game and then a bad game and a good game and a bad game. He's yeah. on and off all the time. And uh, you would think with a guy like Josh Jacobs running, but you know, running the ball for you, you'd be way more consistent. That dude's a truck and still can't do it. Look, I really like John Gruden. I don't know if being away from the game that long can have an impact. He, he was a great broadcaster with ESPN, mm. but, you know, does not actually coaching with the team. How much of an impact does that have? The Raiders have gradually gotten better, but right. for the amount of money he's making, man. Ugh, no, man. They, they paid him like he's Bill Belichick, like straight up. and <laughs> Or more than that, actually. I think, I think he makes more than Bill. But um, who did he have at quarterback in Tampa? When they won the, the Super Bowl, remember? Was it Tim? Is it Sims? I'm drawing a blank right now. I, I, I want. No, I, I, I want to look it, that up. It wasn't a big name. It wasn't like a like a Mahomes type of player, or even like a big Ben Rod type of player. Like, but it was a smart guy, right? I think with the type of plays that guy draws up, you need a quarterback that's like a brainiac. Brad Johnson. Exactly. There you go. Right. But like, you need a smart. You know, who's Sims play for then? Fuck. Whatever. Um. But uh, yeah, Brad Johnson. All right. Well, you look. I, I think you just need a, a, a smart quarterback, and Derek Carr is smart, but not not you know Spider YXTYZ banana fucking smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that dude needed to coach like uh, now nah, maybe the Tom Brady. You, you know what I mean? Well, he, like, you know what's you know what's interesting because uh, we were talking about coaches. Um, yeah. Charlie Weiss. Uh, when he he was of course he's very famous for being the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, helping them win three Super Bowls, and then screwing up the the Notre Dame uh, Irish. Yeah, didn't do Thank well you, there. Charlie, I can't stand those motherfuckers. He he went to the Chiefs and he made Matt Castle look like the greatest quarterback ever, Seriously. and then went to Florida. I, I don't know what happened. Some drama went down with the Chiefs that year. Mm-hmm. Then he comes to Kansas, and I'm thinking, look, Big Twelve defenses suck. This oh, is yeah. Charlie Weiss's perfect playground. And the guy just <laughs> got demolished. I mean, he, he, he could not get anything going. And he got fired um, right before the midway point into his third year with the Jayhawks. But you yeah. know what's funny? In 2015, I think, he did not coach a single game of college football. He was the sixth highest paid coach of college football that year because Notre Dame was still paying him. And KU was paying him $2.5 million a year. I mean, it's just... I don't know how the hell who who his agent was, man, but good on him. I, I hope his agent made a pretty pretty penny. The same agent that Kevin Sumlin has. This dude just got fired from Arizona and took home seven and a half million. Seven and a half million to not coach. Oh my god. Where are those jobs, dude? This is a it's a bad economy right now because of COVID. Still spending some of that money around. <laughs> what are we doing? Like that dude, man, seven and a half million. And I remember because, like, you know, here's the thing about Arizona fans. Like, Arizona Wildcats fans, like specifically, I think it's, it's spread anywhere in any kind of fan base, right? But specifically, yeah. Arizona Wildcats fans is that we're never happy with anything, with, with anything. Isn't Dude. that every fan base? Right, but like it's just it just seems like for a losing fan base that we just so constantly lose that you would be like, yeah, look, man, I ain't nowhere to go but up. No, we just, we we're angry. We're angry all the time. So. Uh, I, you know, because obviously we and we're recording this 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 weekend the 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 end of the season you know podcast for myself and, and Shaquille Richardson former corner 
uh, former NFL, current uh, yeah. CFL, current CFL corner. Um, he, uh, we're recording the last one, and and we're gonna be talking about Kevin Sumlin, and and you know all the recruits they're losing, all the guys that are transferring, and everything. But Kevin Sumlin, like when he got hired, my question was, or my immediate reaction was, why? <laughs> why <laughs> this guy constantly lost? Had decent year with Johnny Football and then lost again. Like, why are we hiring this dude, right? Yeah. And so now we're going through this stuff again. People are like, oh, you need to fire Kevin Sumlin right away. If you fire him right away, which they did, seven and a half million. If you fire him in January, five and a half million. It's like in the middle of telling people that you, that you, you know, furloughing teachers, firing people or letting people go in the athletic department because you don't have enough money and then you paid the due seven and a half million to go away. Like it's, it's, it's all of weird little mosh of just angry, like turns the fans just little angry mosh of people to the point where if you bring up any coaching candidate, somebody has something negative to say about it. Right. Yeah. Like urban Meyer is not realistically a guy's going to come to Arizona. But someone brought that dude up, and you know, a bunch of Wildcats fans are like, "Oh, he doesn't have any ties to the school, and he's a retread." Like a retread? That dude left Ohio State because he was in a scandal. That dude could still coach. What are you talking about? And so I don't know. People just so badly want a winner. And I don't know if like, maybe like yeah. you know, Chiefs fans understand that, and I know Cardinals fans understand that. But the weird thing about Cardinals fans is that we're way more patient than any fan base. I feel like <laughs> way more. We're uncomfortably patient. Like, I, I seriously, everyone, you know, before we hired Cliff Kingsbury, I was just like, I could, you know, people are saying, well, what kind of coach should we get? And I'm like, I want a Mike Tomlin kind of guy, a Bill Cower kind of guy. I want a dude that's going to come in here and tell dudes to their face that they fucking suck and they're going to get the <laughs> shit together. The closest we got to that is Bruce Arians. That's the closest. And that dude had his issues, whatever. But uh, then you bring in, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. It's like, hey, guys, what's going on? Let's go play some football. It's kind of how you, you know, the kind of feel you get from that dude. But I don't know. Dude, head coaches, that's the best gig ever because you get paid even after you get fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, man, it, it, and I get the whole being impatient, especially in the social media era now. I mean, look. Oh, dude. Here's, here's what's crazy. I remember the year the Royals won the World Series. And look, it's, it had been 30 years. We had not mm-hmm. won anything. We'd only been to the playoffs once. But even that year, fans were complaining. I remember uh, I was complaining about some things last year. And I've kind of learned to just tone it down a bit. Uh, and maybe that's easy to say because my team just won a Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years in my lifetime. But, yeah. you know, even this year, like, we're reigning champs and we're a one-loss team. And we've got some narrow wins when it should probably be much better than that but even then man fans are just complaining left and right but i've learned it's not just chiefs fan see it's weird i've got you know sports teams in different areas vegas golden knights the la lakers and i and i follow uh i'm in uh lakers and uh, golden knights uh group pages on facebook sure it's just fans are always impatient it's not just one fan base and i don't know if it's the social media thing that that's making it more like that but you see it more often now in sports Dude, you know what it is? It's video games. All right. I'm mad. You know, really? start a, you know how many times I start a franchise with, with, with the Cardinals and I go undefeated every time? I've never lost a game in franchise mode on Madden with Cardinals. I don't care how crappy the team is. You know I, I, mean? I, I can do that if you put it on like the easiest skill mode or whatever. I, yeah. I can definitely do that. 
No, I do. I, the hardest I can do it is all pro, and that's hard, but I still go undefeated. I think people do that. Like, well, I could do it here, man. What can you do it in real life? Like, dude, what? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Like, the expectations that fans put on their teams is so unrealistic at all times, right? Just like you were talking about. First of all, when the Royals made the World Series, I had not been, I still haven't paid attention to baseball. But I remember one of my friends was, hey, me watching the game. It's like, what, game one? Who's playing? I forgot who's, I don't even know who they were playing. But like, Kansas City. I'm like, fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) the royals made it you out of your mind i actually tuned in to watch that shit because i was like get out people in kansas city didn't even believe that they made it dude like i stopped watching baseball when they took the steroids out of it and i I had to tune in for this one this one and when the cubs played because i was like look man i'm not even a cubs fan i've never been a cubs fan i've been the most fandom i've gotten is like diamondbacks and that's because i'm you know my home my home homer kind of guy yeah but and obviously we have a World Series, so I don't have to worry about that. But um, you know, when Cubs the Cubs went to it and the Royals went to it, I was kind of like, you kind of got to watch that for history. Now, yeah. as a baseball fan, how pissed were you at the Astros? You know, honestly, I hardly watch baseball. Um, oh, okay, okay. Here's my thing, though: whether it's what the Astros did or any athlete that cheats ever, I just think it's disrespectful to the sport, man. I just don't think there's any reason to go that far. I mean, sports teams, and I'm sure some have done it and haven't been caught, but it's just, did you really have to do that? Are, are, are you really that desperate where you had to do that? Dude, have you seen the uh, the documentary about steroids where they use the kids to play A-Rod and all these other athletes? I'm not, no. Oh, man, I can't remember the name of it. It's a, uh, uh, fuck, what is it, steroid ball? No, yeah, whatever, it's, it's, it's just... Look up A-Rod as a kid, whatever steroids, and documentary. And they made a whole documentary talking about the Baco, uh, uh, the Baco scandal. And they have a bunch of kids playing all the characters. I, it makes it fucking hilarious. It's a, it's a serious documentary, but it's hilarious because they have kids on it. I hope yeah. they do the same thing for the Astros thing because I want to see a kid banging a trash can outside of the dugout for signals. Dude, as, as, like, as, much, as wrong as it is, it is kind of dumb that they didn't get caught sooner. You know what Shit. I mean? Like, he's like, why does this guy keep banging every time he bangs that goddamn trash can? I get struck out. What the fuck? Like, nothing. No one said a thing. And it, it was until the end when they got, uh, they got caught with video cameras, right? Uh, I think so. Something along those lines. See, that's the problem. You got greedy with the Bill Belichick shit. Like, come on. <laughs> Stick with the trash cans. You're fine. Katie says uh, on the Facebook page, Browns fans are loyal. They had a parade yes. for their 0-16 season. Oh, now, they raise yeah. money for that, but I mean, th- come on, like wh- who does that? Here's the thing about Browns fans is you can't knock them. You can't knock Browns fans. You can knock Cavs fans because they're not as loyal, but uh, I, oh, my opinion, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, they're not as loyal. Okay. Um, although good for them getting their, finally getting the title after 52 years, uh, you know, as far as the city anyway. So I mean, I know that was huge for them. Oh yeah. Um, but, but as far as the Browns, man, if the Browns ever win a Super Bowl. Oh my god! That place is going to be lit, oh as kid as the kids say. Dude, I might fly to Cleveland for that parade. I want to see that <laughs> shit in person. I'm even a Browns fan, like straight up. Like Browns fans are so loyal, so loyal. They should they sell out even in the 016 season. I don't know if it's all that every game, but they still sell out. The dog, the dog, what's it called? Do the they really? Fans, they sell out like against good teams. <laughs> but uh, okay, but, uh, yeah. Like, uh, well. Like, I remember when the Royals won the World Series. Yeah, it's like you know we're having a parade. It's like parade. You know our 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 MLS team won the championship in 2013. But look, let's be we're a great soccer town. But let's be mm-hmm. realistic. You're not going to have thousands, tens of thousands of people show up for a uh, major league soccer uh, championship. Right. Whereas with the Royals, 
Um, I don't. You've never been to Kansas City, have you? No, never. Okay, so uh, on I thirty five and I seventy, that intersection, that's basically our downtown area, mm-hmm. and people actually abandoned their vehicles on the highway because <laughs> the parade was about to start and people did not know what to do. And my immediate thought, and look, there's a really great uh, bar scene uh, called Power and Light, which is across the street from uh, the Sprint mm-hmm. Center, which is now called the T-Mobile Center. And my thought was, you know, a lot of people are going to stick around after the parade and go to the bars and drink and whatnot. Are people going to be able to leave? Right. <laughs> you got to have to wait for that. So, uh, yeah, the Cleveland might experience something uh, a little similar to that. At that point, man, you can cancel the entire week of work. No one's going to work that week. If the Browns fan, I'll be super happy for the Browns fans. Like, I, I would be, too. I'll be super happy for those people that ever win a Super Bowl. Um, not as happy as if, as if the Cardinals ever win one because, Jesus Christ, we won't win. But um, this is the thing about fandom, though, because I, I give them a lot of credit because Cardinals fans are awful. And I'll tell you why. Because we're the assholes that buy season tickets and we sell them to the opposing team. So when those douchebags come in from out of town, suddenly the entire Red Sea has a bunch of blue or green or whoever the fuck we're playing that week. Okay. It's embarrassing and infuriating. Honestly. I've got to say something, though. If, if your team is not doing well and, you know... You you tickets are expensive, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. you got to get something out of it. And, and look, odds are no other Cardinals fan is going to want it. It's probably going to be a fan of the opposing team. Get something out of your money. I and look, you're not the only one with that opinion. A lot of people feel that right. way. I remember that a lot of Chiefs fans when uh, Patrick Mahomes was hurt. A lot of Chiefs fans sold their tickets. And look, when yeah. you sell them online, you don't know who you're selling to. Right. So that's another thing. But a lot of Vikings fans showed up for that game, and the Chiefs won. And a couple of players actually called out the fans for that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to make some money out of it if you feel that it's not worth going. Yeah, no, it, it, honestly, like, it, it, it bothers me. And I mean, maybe not, look, I can watch, and like, I can tell you, I'm a Suns fan too. So I can handle losing seasons as long as the as there's effort, right? Like Devin Booker dropping 70 in, in the Boston Garden I think the, a couple seasons ago, uh, dropping 70 in the Boston Garden in a losing effort, but you drop 70. Like, I, I can support that. Let's, let's play it. Let's go, right? Even yeah. if we lost, put some effort in. If the team was bad, we were losing, and there was no effort being put in, I, that I get. Okay, totally get it. The problem with Phoenix and Arizona as a whole is that nobody's from here. Fucking nobody's from here. There's we have a whole lot of Chicago fans here. They fucking like, the, oh, like wow. when the Cubs when the Cubs won. Suddenly, it's like blue flags everywhere. Like what the fuck? Like all right, uh, when the uh, when the Lakers won, there's so many Lakers fans here. It's fucking sad Lakers fans are everywhere to be fair yeah yeah uh recipes kobe but back uh uh, when steve nash and amari stoudemire were having their battles with kobe bryant i went to a bunch of those playoff games i got you know i put way too much money in a credit card for that but i went to those games because i was like look i want to watch one of the best of all time against my team and uh, i was uh I, i was there for the uh the closer where we beat we blew them out in game seven in the first or second round i can't remember no first round first i remember that that was brutal uh, for me (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and, and you know, um, and that was cool. But if you looked around, uh, back then it was America West, now it's Talking Stick Resort Arena, whatever. Um, if you looked around, there was a whole lot of gold, whole lot of gold, purple and gold, right? And we're purple and orange, so that you would think we'd be a bunch of you know, because they used to call it uh, Planet Orange back then, that's what that's, that's how they sold tickets and everything. And it'd be like, you, you see some orange, but it was mostly gold. And of course, Kobe hits a jumper. Kobe dunks on somebody. Kobe does anything. It sounds like you're in a Staples Center. <laughs> Dude. So, you know, it's that way too. Cause um, 
even when the Rams were in St. Louis, like yeah. for a lot of for a lot of uh, sports markets, if they have an NFL team and other pro sports teams, the NFL team always is the dominant one, except for mm-hmm. St. Louis, man. Um, they're all about the Cardinals there. And anytime the Cardinals came to Kansas City, man, there was a lot of red in those blue seats. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm sure it's common in some other markets as well uh, when you've got two markets close to each other like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's insane. By the way, I just kind of realized you and I, I'm, my head's kind of in the way, so you can't see it, but your background, people might not even know why you have a, uh, a, a text that says kill or be killed. But if you're a UFC fan, yep, there it is, Nate no. Diaz. I've got a, I've got a Nate Diaz right there, being yeah, the shit out of yeah. shit out of Conor McGregor. Man, I'm a huge fan of the guy. My first UFC pay per view, and I had watched a couple of UFC fights, not events, but just a couple yeah. fights: Anderson Silva, Brock Lesnar, Chuck Liddell. But a full like event, UFC 196, because I heard about Holly Holm and what she did to Ronda, so that intrigued Jesus. me. And I knew about Conor McGregor and and his rise to the sport. I thought, you know. These two are pretty interesting. They're both champions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune in and watch this. And I knew nothing about Misha Tate. I knew nothing right. about Nate Diaz. And those two pull off these big upsets. And Nate, of course, has the I'm not surprised MFers. Yeah. So it's such like, man, I really just got attached to, to the sport like that. And I kind of feel like I joined in at a horrible time too, because Nate hardly <laughs> fights now. Right. It's just, you know, it's been more th- 13 months now, now that I think about easy, it. Because easy year. Yeah, it's just, man, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I don't know what the issue is as to why he's not fighting, but it just sucks, man. He he's, he might be the biggest draw not named Conor McGregor in the sport right now. Absolutely. No, and the, thing, and the funny thing about Nate, because everyone, you know, people ask me, like, how come you, you, you call me a Nate Diaz stan? I'm like, no, 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 I'm a Nick <laughs> Diaz stan, all right? Nick Diaz is my favorite fighter of all time. And the reason why I, like, relate to both those guys because they remind me of how I grew up. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of relate to those kind of guys. Like, you know, killer be kill is not bullshit. Like, you straight up, like, when you go out and, and you know, you, live, you grew up in the neighborhoods that we all grew up in, it was kind of like, oh, shit, right? Like, that, that's some rough people, right? So, you know, whenever, you know, I saw GSP doing his little, you know, media tours and whatnot, and he'd be like, oh, it's all about strength and honor and all this stuff. And Nick Diaz, man, man, F you, how about that? Or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm like, that is how I grew that, that that was my buddy in high school. That was my buddy in middle school, you know? Yeah. So like so the thing about Nate Diaz um is uh, the same reason why Dana White just said that Rose doesn't want to fight for the title. Nate knows his worth and he's willing to sit out for it. I mean, look, it paid off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh that 196, he was on a boat in Mexico in Cabo, drinking tequila with his buddies. Yeah, and he gets a call from, from from Dana White saying, Hey man, RDA's out. Um, we need a draw. Do you, you want to fight? He goes, hell yeah. 13 million plus out of that fight for him. Right. Yeah. Look, that guy's frugal. He's set. All right. Like he has businesses and stuff like that. He's, that he has going. He's fine. He don't have to fight again. Right. Then, uh, what was it? 202 that you want the rematch? Yep. All right. Pay me. Let's go. He gets paid. They both um, got paid. Yeah. They both got paid big time. Uh, okay. Then we had a big old break. After he, he lost to Connor that second that, that, in the two hundred two, and then uh, wasn't it wasn't until Anthony Pettis, which oh uh, yeah two forty one, which I went to. I was like, uh, it's where oh, California. Nice. We're going. Oh dude, I went. We went. My like shout out to my wife. She puts up with my shit, so we went <laughs> and uh, we go, and uh, it was awesome, dude. The the, the energy, like it, that headliner was DC Stepe too. All right, that, that was uh, a great one, fight. 
yeah, yeah. And, and Stipe shocked the shit out of me, man. I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah. But, um, you know, outside the arena, everyone had represent shirts. Everyone had Nate Diaz shirts. Not a single Daniel Cormier or Stipe shirt. Yeah. Um, shout out to the one guy with the Robin Black shirt, though. That was that was like I was like, that's a collector's <laughs> item, dude. No one has that. <laughs> but uh, um, but it was dope. And like to deny that he's an, a superstar, honestly, in this sport is ridiculous. So he gets a 241, he wins. Um, being in the arena for the call out of Jorge Masvidal was dope because the entire place exploded. Yeah, that, I know. Like, I was like, holy shit, he just called him out. Well, the funny thing, my reaction was like, holy shit, that's a huge call out. And I'm like, ooh, does he really want that though? Like, like, oh man, I, like, I'm a, I, I like Jorge Masvidal. I like watching that dude fight. That, like, that's going to be a gangster fight. Turns it into 244, another massive payday for both guys. End of the day, you know, people can deny all they want to. Nate Diaz is one of the superstars of this sport. And if Nick ever comes back, please believe people are going to show up for that too. Well, what's weird is Dana White, I think they were in Abu Dhabi when Habib was defending against uh, Dustin Poirier. Nate, uh, Dana made some comment uh, that week that, you know, he might not be surprised if Nate Diaz doesn't fight for another three years. And then three right. days later, they book the fight. And Br- Brett Okamoto's like, what the hell happened? Like, you just told me it's going to be another three years. Um, yeah. You know what's so weird is, speaking of Okamoto of ESPN, uh, he was interviewing Nate after the uh, Masvidal loss. And mm-hmm. Nate was being cool and everything. He's always cool with the media. Uh, but then the topic of Conor McGregor came up and he's like, you know, are you guys going to fight again? And he just like, I don't even remember what he said, but he just kind of like walked away and ended the interview abruptly. And he gets asked about Conor so much, man. It's like, you know, you would think he would want the third fight simply because of the money. But it looks like he he's one of the rare guys that wants to live in a world where Conor McGregor doesn't exist. Like he wants to go his own way. And I he get that. That's his style. But it's like, mm. why wouldn't you want that third fight? He could have called out Conor after the Pettis fight. He didn't. Who did he call out? Jorge Masvidal. Jorge, yeah. Like people can say all they want to. It's like, oh, so-and-so setting himself up for this fight. You can't knock Conor for taking that fight. You can't knock uh, the goofy YouTube guy for calling out Conor and all this stuff. It's like, no, you can't knock it because that's a money move. Yeah. Nate likes getting paid. He deserves what he gets paid. But that's not what he's about. I mean, he's clearly shown it. It's not what he's about. You know, it's, calling out Jorge Masvidal was a super risky move. No, and if no. you see any any interviews where they ask him about the call out, he goes, oh, no, I wasn't planned. I just figured out. You know, I mean, that sounds like a fight I'd like. Like, that dude is legit. Like, when people say, like, there's no such thing as a training camp for the Diaz brothers. That's how they live. I mean, like, oh, yeah. You, hey, yeah, follow my Instagram if you want. Follow, uh, I forgot, um, forgot the, uh, their, 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 one of their trainer. Not a trainer. He's like, he's like their. Oh, Richard Perez? No, no, no. That's a boxer. The boxing oh, okay. coach. No, they have like a, like a physical therapist, basically, a physical trainer okay. that goes with them and, you know, makes sure they're, you know, they're, they're healthy and all that. Um, follow that dude stuff. Those guys are constantly training, always training. Like Nate's always in shape. Nick's always in shape. It's a lifestyle for those dudes. So, you know, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, Connor's in training camp in Portugal. Nate's still training. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a weird thing when people like try to turn this into boxing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, who did we just have Joshua fight? Who? Exactly. Nobody knows. <laughs> he knocked out a, a who. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, Canelo's fighting a who. You know, stuff like that. And, and, you know, 
Connor, Connor fought Cowboy. I don't know about you, but I was like, okay, well, that's going to be interesting. I didn't think Cowboy had a shot. I was hoping, but I was like, nah, Cowboy's going to get messed up. Um, so now they're doing this Dustin Poirier fight, and I'm like, this is a different Dustin Poirier, man. Oh, yeah. This is a different Dustin Poirier. But Connor, Connor is just one of those rare dudes, man, that, like, he just pulls it out when he needs to. Yeah, he, he's that, you know, one-dimensional fighter. Like, you know, um, maybe you're a football team that's so great in only one area, but you're so good that you're able to win a lot of games. Is that how you want to go about things moving forward? I don't know. I mean, I, I know they keep talking about Connor's ground game and his jujitsu and his wrestling takedown, but and he did great against Nate Diaz with the, with the wrestling takedowns, yeah. but, you know, it, it, it obviously did not work against Habib. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious just tell – Anyone with just the slightest knowledge of MMA, you know, all Dustin has to do is maybe study that fight against Habib, uh, between Habib and Connery, and you can probably get a lot out of that going into this fight. So, yeah, I'm expecting Dustin to win, especially if he can uh, just mm-hmm. utilize that wrestling. It, it, I mean, I, I know I sound like a broken record. Everyone has said it, but it feels like that's all you need to do to be Conor McGregor. Right, and it seems like it, but it's like one planning it for and studying it is one thing, and actually doing it is another. Because you can study for Connor all you want to with watching the Habib fight, watching the first Nate fight, all that, right? Yeah. But Connor, look, man, people can knock Connor all they want to, and it's funny because people get mad at that. People get like some Nate fans are like, "Oh, I can't believe you even stepping up for that dude." No, Connor McGregor is a smart man. He's a psycho, like outside of the cage, he's a nutcase, <laughs> but. Other than that, he's a smart guy. He and his team can watch, will watch every Dustin Poirier fight with the last three or four of them, and he will pick out, oh, here's a weakness here. And it'll be like a little bit of space with like a couple seconds open or even a half a second opening, and he'll exploit it, right? Yeah. So um, I'm not at all doubting that Connor could win this fight. I, I'm leaning Dustin. I'm leaning Dustin, but man, if Connor wins, I'm just going to be like, shh, it's Connor McGregor, dude. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, I know Connor said he wanted to fight three times, but the pandemic happened and all. Uh, and plus, I, you know, I don't think the UFC wants to use Connor in an empty arena. Like, I, I get the, I get that. You know, that you're you're losing a lot when it comes to ticket sales. But I think the UFC's just saying, "Hey, fuck it, we we can't really wait anymore. We got to keep going." And you know, MMA careers, you know, you got to keep going. You you can't wait yeah. forever on this stuff. Uh, you don't want Connor to be a once a year kind of guy. But uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Um, you know, e- even if it's going to be one of those, like, if it's going to end real quickly, people are still going to tune in just to see that because, yeah. you know, Connor's capable of it. And, you know, Dustin's capable of, you know, tiring him out and, and finishing him potentially yeah. like the way Habib or, or Nate did. Um, I've got to ask, man, what do you think of that uh, main event between Moreno and um, Figueredo this past weekend? Oh, man, I think that, 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 that the cup check was intentional as hell. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> look, to me, to me, and I have people already fight me on this, but I thought Figueredo was starting to gas a little bit in that, in that, oh, yeah. over, that was at the third round, whatever it was, fourth round. Um, and Figueredo comes in and, and basically like punts him right in the, you know, in the chops or in the nuts and like, I remember seeing that. I got pissed off immediately for two reasons. One, he just kicked these. Obviously, it's a foul. And it was a Herzog that caught. That took the uh, the point away right away. Yeah, it took one yeah. point away. He took a point away immediately. I'm like, good. We should do that for every single one of them. That's like obviously intentional. Um, but uh, but I was like, also, he's getting as much time as he wants to breathe and rest. That's why Moreno. Moreno was hurt the rest of that fight. You could tell. But he was just like, nah, I can't. I can't give him time to rest because Moreno was you know getting the advantage. So yeah. Um, and I know. 
post fight, there was a lot coming out about uh, Figgy was like sick, like he had yeah. stomach issues and all that. So I get that. That's why I think we in the, the rematch. You know, who knows? It might not go well for Moreno, but like uh, I thought, dude, I thought it was probably the best flyweight fight I've ever seen. Probably. Well, you know what's so interesting, and, and that was an amazing fight. I and yeah. I, I remember watching the Ultimate Fighter when Moreno was on because Tim Elliott right. was on, and he's from Kansas City, so I was really pulling for him. But when Moreno was eliminated from the show, he was doing like UFC fights. The guy was like being active and everything. And he was having some great fights, pulling off some uh, mm-hmm. really great wins, uh, submission wins, finishing finishing his opponents. But, um, you know, it, it, it's not a shocker to me that Moreno is where he is today. Like, that guy knows his stuff. He really – he's really great at what he does. Um, uh, man, I was going to say something, but I completely lost my uh, trade of thought. What were, you, what were you saying in the end there? Oh, Moreno about the uh, rematch? No. The uh, so, best flyweight fight ever. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say. Look, I'm a big fan of both Demetrius Johnson and Henry uh, Cejudo. Yeah. I mean, Johnson, I know the UFC could not really turn him into a profitable superstar, but, you know, his resume still speaks for himself. He obviously has the uh, title defense record. And Henry Cejudo, I mean, the guy became a double champ. Mm-hmm. This is proof that, look, people always talk about, oh, what's going to happen to the UFC without Ronda and Connors hardly fighting? You can still put on great fights w- without those guys, man. I mean, it's doable. The, the UFC just did that with their flyweight division. The flyweight division suddenly has like a, a bunch of attention now, which Life. is insane. Yeah, I know. Um, so look, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of both guys. And I hope Cejudo comes back. I don't know what he's really doing. Yeah. He's got an ego. He's definitely coming back. Yeah. But my point is, man, uh, you can be the biggest Demetrius Johnson fan ever. I, I'm a huge fan of the guy. But for whatever reason, it was not a draw in the UFC. And they're, they're finding ways to move on without superstars. You're able to do that stuff. Dude, Mayweather is so good at boxing that if you said Mayweather against someone, so you're like, ah, he's gonna beat him up. I'm not gonna pay for that. I'm not gonna watch you know Mayweather be defensive and pick him apart, you know, little by little without point him. But if Mayweather comes out, bunch of dollar bills, throwing money everywhere, look at my cars, look at my house, look at my girl, look at all this stuff. You know, that guy's an asshole. Hell yeah, this guy can beat him. No, he fucking can't. But hell yeah, like when Connor fought him and again, going back to Connor, but when Connor when that fight came out, everyone that's watched combat sports in, 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 long enough for like anyone that knows about those guys and watched them fight at least two, three times knew good and goddamn well that Mayweather was going to just play with him for a while and then oh, yeah. probably take him out, which is exactly what happened. They kind of get one shot in there. Sure. He got a really nice sort of uppercut. Great. Cool. But other than that, not much. Um, but they hated Mayweather so much. Okay. That. Everyone started giving Connor chances. Like they were just like, "Oh, Connor's got a chance. Connor's got a chance." It's like, "Oh, but why? Oh, because of the left hand shot. The left hand shot." And I'm like, "You don't think Mayweather knows how to dodge a left hand shot? What? Like, you're out of your mind. He's not gonna win. Oh, Connor has a chance. Oh, why? Well, I hope he wins anyway because Mayweather's an asshole. If Demetrius <laughs> Johnson, right? If Demetrius Johnson, he was too nice of a guy. Had he done yeah, the same oh, thing? Yeah. Do I think he should be in the UFC? I don't know because Dana White's a cheapskate, but. Um, but if Demetrius Johnson had developed that kind of ego, something like that, and started just calling dudes out, sorry, hey, 135 has come down stupid, let's go see what's up, other than you know, Dominic Cruz, but you know, start calling dudes out left and right and gotten an ego, he would have been more of a draw because people want to see him lose. That's the problem is when you're that good and you're you know, you're constantly winning, no matter how you're winning. Look, Mayweather fights are not fun to watch, let's be real, they're yeah. not the most entertaining fights, right. 
unless you're like deep into the sweet science of like oh head movement and shoulders and hiding behind your shoulders and all that you know then you probably enjoy that just like you know me with the ground game in, in, in mma but you know with demetrius is so good like oh, i'm sorry mayweather is so good he had to make people hate him and make people want to see him lose yeah. and then he won and took the check home yeah, good on him. I mean, that's how you that's how you sell, essentially. I mean, these fighters kind of have to know that, whereas in the NFL or NBA, that's not something you have to really know. Yeah, it's, and combat sports is such a different animal, too. So, uh, hey, good on those guys. They figured it yeah. out, and they found a way to, to, to profit out of that. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just hoping, you know, so I, I really hope Cejudo comes back because I was starting to really like him. You know, you mentioned something about Demetrius Johnson and not getting mm-hmm. all that attention. The first time he was getting ready to fight Cejudo, and in fact, it, it was the same weekend as uh, UFC 196 where they had that big unstoppable press conference. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that. Demetrius, I think, was the only one that did not receive a question from the media during that press conference. And it's like, I mean, this guy's got, uh, he, at the time he was not, but he was on his way to the title defense record. Um so, you know, I mean, and look, the UFC tried. I, I think they could have done maybe a little more. They built an ultimate fighter season around him, which we alluded to earlier mm-hmm. with uh, Moreno and Tim Elliott. And then um, uh, they also, what else did they do with him? Um, uh, that's it, kind of. I felt like they did something else. I can't really remember off the top, off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I know they put him on free TV. Uh, in fact, yeah. the, the event in Kansas City where he uh, beat Wilson Hayes, uh, that was on free TV Fox, but that was the lowest rated uh, Fox event UFC had. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I think they tried everything with him and for whatever reason, you know, and Dana White's right. You can't force people to, to give a shit sometimes. Dude, you just, you just can't sell him. It's hard to sell DJ. He's too nice. He's so yeah. good, but he's too nice. You know, I mean, even, even GSP had that, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not impressed by your performance, like stuff and the fuse with Nick Diaz and all that. Yeah. But like, look, there's a reason why, press conferences aren't a thing anymore besides COVID because there's nobody on the mic anymore. No one's that good on the mic anymore. Chael Sonnen was the first one. Everyone's giving Connor a bunch of credit. And again, we're back to fucking Connor, but Chael Sonnen was the first one. Like, I don't know if you saw the one where he went out, went off the Bellator and he was fighting a uh, uh, Vanderlei. Well, yeah, where he's, <laughs> Oh my God, I died. I, I, I caught the fight on YouTube later, but, but, but I watched the press conference live and I was falling over. I could not, stop laughing so um a couple years later i think it was a couple years later um i actually he was commentating a, a, a world series of fighting fight or card and i got me to go right and so um they had their little uh their little like pre it was like a like a media day with just like the organization people at a bar in Scottsdale, arizona which is like 10 minutes from where i am so i was like fuck it i'll go and i went and i sat down and he was entertaining the hell out of everybody i was like sitting you know like across from him and i asked him about that and he's just kind of like like a, he cracked a big old grin like yeah i knew what the fuck i was doing like dude like, well what's funny i made it entertaining several years ago uh john Anik was hosting a show and uh uh what, what's the guy's name we were just talking about uh chael uh chael was one of the the analysts and john Anik goes uh do you think travis brown can ever be world heavyweight champion again and chael goes could you imagine? Oh, are we on? Are, are we on? Yeah, I remember, I remember like, that. Oh, and Chael was, yeah, Chael was good at that. Connor, obviously. Bisping was fucking hilarious, man. I love oh. this. 
Like the one thing I really miss about Bisping, the press conference, especially that post-fight press conference with him and Luke Rockhold and then um, uh, the the bantamweight uh, Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz going at it. Like that was entertaining as hell. And and like I said, that was my first year into MMA. And I'm just like, are press conferences often like this? Because I'm starting to like the sport a lot. Did you see the one? The uh, it wasn't even a press conference. It was like a like a almost like a scrum, and it was it was Chael Sonnen, Uriah Faber, and Dominic Cruz, right? And they were talking about how uh, how Chael uh, tapped last second to Anderson Silva to that triangle, and Chael and you know, Chael said something. He goes, he goes, hey man, I thought tap was meant like you take a like a timeout or something. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know end of the fight? Like, I've never seen that. Oh, dude, YouTube it. It, it will crack you up. And he goes, and he, he goes, he goes, man, I thought. I thought that you know signal the end of the round or whatever. I didn't. I didn't know that that that, that actually ended the fight. And he looks at your eye. He goes, "You guys should remember that, <laughs> like, dude." Oh my god! So like that. Guy, I mean, like press conference is so entertaining. Connor made him entertaining with uh, you know you're a gazelle and I'm a lion. Whatever the fuck he said. That, that stuff got stale so quick too. And it didn't work on Nate. Obviously, Nate was like, "Okay, fuck you. What you want to do? Like you know whatever." Um, but Connor goes inactive for a while. Um. Obviously, we don't have Chael anymore. Michael Bisping showing up drunk to one of them was awesome. But uh, no, the, the, he showed up to the GSP one. He started. Oh, he showed up impers- late. <laughs> showed up late, drunk, and did, started doing GSP impersonations. Oh my god! Well, that his was voice amazing. was gone too, so that just made yeah. it even funnier. It yeah, it's, so it's always funny. Like the, the fighters that have like these accents and they start trash talking for whatever yeah. reason. That's just funny. It's so um, good. You know what's interesting is. I, I, I've told you before, I'm a huge fan of Luke Thomas. I miss mm-hmm. his radio show on Sirius XM. I th- honestly, I thought he was the best host on Sirius. Uh, and now he's, you know, doing bigger and better things with CBS. Uh, he used to do a midweek mailbag with his audience. And I remember mm-hmm. sending in a mailbag asking what the hell happened to press conferences, uh, especially post-fight, because now they just do them individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently he found out through somebody else that, the reason they don't do them is because some guys were left out not being asked questions. And I just mentioned, Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson was just, yeah. yeah, he just sat there. He just showed up and did the stare down and that's it. That's all he ever did. So, you know, I, I get that. Maybe if you're going to do one of those like big, super mega press conferences, do them with a bunch of superstars. And I get that's not easy to do. Right. Uh, my brother and I did attend one in Vegas where it was, Habib and Dustin, uh, Max Holloway, and I can't remember who his opponent was, DC and Stipe for the rematch, and there was a, another uh, duo there. But, you know, they did it fairly well, but there, was, there wasn't much trash talking, unfortunately, yeah. um, which is part of the fun when you go to one of these live. But That's the point, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I hope the UFC, when, when this whole pandemic passes, I hope they can find a way to really revive that because – and I know people say, oh, flipping someone off and, you know, cussing, that's disrespectful to the sport. I get martial arts has that respect method in, in uh, some of their, you know, taekwondo, jujitsu, whatever. But there is a lot of entertainment value in, in some of that. Like the whole Connor and Nate where they were throwing water bottles at each other, like that added more attention to laughing. the fight. That was awesome. That was one of the best things ever. Uh, so that's a part of it, man. It just is. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I miss the good ones. The good the good press conference, the good presses that you know that one for two oh two. The uh uh the this is no is it was it, this is it? No, I'm thinking Michael Jackson, never mind. Um which is the <laughs> one where where John Jones and DC start going at each other? Uh, oh, there there were several. There was one yeah, at yeah. MGM Grand where yeah, yeah, Dave yeah. Schaller was like in between them. Or oh whatever. my god, Dave that was Schaller. a press conference, that was a stare down, but still that was amazing because 
DC just gets in his face and pushes him. And John Jones shoves him back and everything gets insane. A shoe gets thrown, a chair went flying, like and then John Jones jumps on stage starts roaring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but the best part was Dave Scheller's face when he realized I'm too smart to stop oh, these guys. But dude, shortly after that, takes a job with this with the Philadelphia 76 He's like, fuck this. I'm yeah, yes. <laughs> it's so great. Shout out to Dave Scheller, dude. I miss that dude. I used to be able to tweet that dude. And he'd, be, he'd go back and forth with me for a while. It was always fun to talk to that dude. I know. I, I remember asking him once. I'm like, dude, when are you guys going to come to Kansas City? And he didn't have an answer, but he starts tagging like other Kansas City fighters. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like a new MMA fan at the time. So him just responding and tagging those guys, I'm like, oh, uh, shit. I didn't know these guys were from Casey. He, so he got out at a perfect time. I do got out at a yeah, perfect he did. time. Yeah, that was back in the days where, where the word where the word deserved title shot or the phrase deserved title shot was real. Because these days, it don't matter what's deserved. It's about what sells more money. So, you know, I, I get it so hard. It's unfair to ask this, but because of the pandemic and all, but do you feel like the UFC is doing better with ESPN or do you think it was better with Fox? I, I mean, I get the ESPN era is still fairly young too. And yeah. it, it, this era is all about money it, fights and champ champ fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair to ask, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like as great as, you know, the fight with Moreno and uh, Figueredo was, and there was another incredible fight this year with Whaley and, and Joanna, but I still feel like something's missing. And I don't know if maybe that it is that superstar. And I know that's hypocritical because I just said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, you can still move on with the sport, but, and have great fights, but you still need that superstar attraction. I feel, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's missing. I'm not sure. So sometimes it's nice to have a LeBron somewhere, right? Kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, is love him or hate him, that dude's just that good. But uh, I don't know, man. I feel like it's kind of equal uh, other than the ESPN Plus thing, which um, yeah. I still can't believe that we're still doing this pay-per-view model, man. This ancient-ass pay-per-view model. I, don't wa- I haven't watched wrestling for since uh, uh, since Eddie Guerrero passed away. You know, like consistently. Oh, Eddie G. Eddie Guerrero, yeah, Eddie Guerrero is my guy. He passed away and I was done. Rest in peace, Eddie. But um, uh that model that the WWE has started with the WWE network is like 10, 12, whatever it is, bucks a month. And you 999. They were chanting that there once. <laughs> there you go. Uh, their pay-per-views used to cost like 60 bucks. Yep. Like they used to be some expensive ass pay-per-views. And now instead of getting 60 bucks every, what is it for them? Like three months or whatever it is, like where you get a really big pay-per-view for them. Um, now it's 10 bucks from hundreds of thousands of people every month. Like you always get that money, right? Um, I'm not sure why the UFC hasn't done that yet with like Fight Pass, which I thought was better than ESPN Plus. Um, it's weird. So to me, it's kind of equally as crappy, to be honest with you. Uh, as far as Fox Sports, other than other than the fact that like, well, you know, you know, uh, middle of nowhere state against middle of other nowhere state is yeah. playing for uh, in overtime, and now we got to push the prelims to Fox Sports too, which nobody has and stuff like that. Well, you know, uh, UFC Fight Pass is awesome, but here's the thing. I'm not, you know, and I don't know about you, you know, I've got a PlayStation 4 subscription, okay? I've mm-hmm. also got Netflix. I've got Disney Plus. I've got, you know, all these other things. I got too much um, too, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to subscribe to ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. Right. And also be paying an additional, what, seventy-one eighty-eight after taxes for pay-per-views? I mean, come on. It's, it's I think whatever the, um, whatever the WWE has done with their model, I'm shocked that you, you're not going to get sued for copying them. It's not a copyright thing. Uh, considering you have Fight Pass, 
and, and I love the model, especially when you, when you have uh, events like Titan FC and Victa. Mm-hmm. And I I hope they keep adding other uh, promotions because really it helps those smaller promotions. But I just don't know how you don't add that in, in, in try to integrate that into your system. I just don't, I don't know. How is it that difficult? I don't know. But I, I chalk it up to Dana White's ego. <laughs> Honestly, Eesh. I really do. I Fair really enough. do. I really do. He like for years, people were like, he's a Vince McMahon wannabe. And I, I think Dana hates that. Honestly, I do think he hates when people say that. Um, but I'm going to think about it, man. How many pay-per-views, especially in the COVID era, now we're going to call it an era, but in the COVID era that, uh, how many fights have we lost because of COVID? So many oh fights. God. Dude, you get you you end up with a couple pay-per-views that are stripped down to the bone and people don't want to pay for it. So they stream it. I mean, how many people are going to bother with a stream when it's 10 bucks a month? Dude? Like, Especially you can... when you're doing it on Facebook Live. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, I was epic. I remember I, saw, I was like, because I saw your post and stuff like that. It's just like, I saw the one where it was like, I can't go live on Facebook. I'm like, what What happened? We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. But, but yeah. as far as, you know... Is there is there a is there a superstar today an an active superstar an active fighter mm-hmm. I should say that's worth you know your seventy one eighty eight with the UFC um, you know you and I are big UFC fans we, we're not one of those that watches only when Connor does so you and I right. will watch more consistently mm-hmm. but for the average fan out there and I don't know what the numbers are I know they're not as public these days but um, it, it, I don't know are they making money are they losing money from this mm-hmm. I know it's a little different with ESPN. Um, so I don't know if they're winning or losing with the pay-per-view right. draws or what, or, or pay-per-view buys, I should say. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of goes back to the question I was asking. Is, is something missing from the UFC now? Maybe it is a consistent superstar like Connor and Ronda. I, I don't know. Not sure. Uh, yeah. And, and I think you're probably on, on, on to something there as far as that goes, because obviously Connor not fighting kind of loses you money. Right. Um, yeah. and so, and I think, the UFC is waiting for this pandemic to, I guess, blow over whatever to be able to get the crowds back in there. Cause you know, look, I love the fact that there's no crowds in there. I love hearing the impacts. I love hearing the coaching, but most of all, I love not hearing an asshole screaming out Stand him up, when they just took him down. You know what I mean? Like I hate that shit, especially when I go to live events. So, and, oh, and the fucking wooing that shit got away. <laughs> um, that, Oh my God. Uh, you know, no disrespect, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez's wife screaming like a banshee and freaking side, cage side every time he fights. That got old. Like, I love the quietness, but there's something to a massive knockout and a crowd explosion. Yes, oh, there's something to that. That even as a viewer, even if you're not there, even as a viewer, like is huge. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a reason when, when Rogan loses his mind, he goes, "Oh, like that's that's big too, right?" But um without the crowd it's not as it doesn't mean as much yeah. i mean we've seen a bunch of net like that uh was it buckley that did that uh he throws a kick it gets caught and then he throws a, he like spins the other way and knocks him out i forgot what he called it but he like, massive knockout and it was kind of like okay cool that's it it's over it's like what was it? you know i mean you kind of missed the crowd on that so yeah um but i think he i don't know if you, if you lose money in that but definitely there's not you don't get the same feeling, I don't think, without a well, crowd. Even with UFC International Fight Week, um, right. which isn't the same as it once was, too. Uh, I remember the most... They used to go all out, dude. Yeah, and I'm not counting the most recent one in the pandemic because that was in Abu Dhabi, but the one where they had fans. Um, and I don't even remember who was... 
I don't even, I think I may have attended the last one. Mm-hmm. I think it was John Jones and um, uh, Tiago Santos. They didn't mm-hmm. have like an ultimate fighter to go along that weekend. They, right. had, they had the hall of fame, but it's like even international fight week just has a different feel. Um, Cause I, I, I attended international fight week when it was DC Stipe one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was just crazy. Cause they had the ultimate fighter the week before or the day before, excuse me. I remember UFC 200 and I get 200, the milestone number. I mean, they have three events back to back. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, weekend. It's such an, oh yeah. It's such an awesome sport. And I think being with ESPN is awesome, but I, I feel like if they can get some of their guys like Diaz and, and both of Diaz brothers, uh, McGregor, um to be more consistent i i, I just feel like, and i get it's tough but i just feel like it would really help out the sport um yeah more, and, look, forward. and again like the thing about fighting first of all there's eight billion people on this planet okay you'll find a handful of good fighters i mean it, it, to me it's still weird we can't find a decent amount of 145 women to, to fill up a division but hey fair enough but um there will always be someone coming up there'll be a chase hooper who pulls off a last second heel hook this last weekend um, to wow you. There'll be a Sean O'Malley who is good, but isn't a world beater yet, but still gets a massive following because he's got the the persona. He's got, you know, it's almost like a pro wrestler. The look, the look, the the, the, the feel, the charisma, you know, he sells himself a little bit. Um, And then the one guy I'm still, how have you not gotten him a fight yet? Francis Ngannou. If you're looking for a Mike Tyson, that's your guy. If you're looking, dude, when I was a kid, man, I used to go to my, my me and my dad used to go to my uncle's house and all my uncles get, cause none, none of my, none of the aunts and my mom, nobody wanted to watch fight, you know, boxing. But when I was a kid and Mike Tyson was fighting, me and my dad would go over to my uncle's house and we, all my uncles and cousins, all the guys in front of one TV to watch a, maybe if, we're, if you're lucky, a three round fight with Mike Tyson, where he takes somebody out immediately, yeah. right? Cause you just want to see a savage knockout. When uh, uh, Francis Ngannou took out uh, Alistair Overeem, they made memes out of that dude. Oh that's what you want. So I mean, obviously, I think that's what the, I think that's what Dan was waiting for crowds to be able to put that guy in there because yeah. you don't want a quiet arena after a massive knockout. But you know, that's your guy, man. That's your superstar. That's one of your guys. Those guys you need to get behind because he's got the look, he's got the skill. He is a scary, scary dude. Like as far as like just the look and the fighting ability, and at the same time. An ambassador for the sport for his own country. Oh it's, yeah, it, it's all there. You can you can do UFC Africa once this whole thing blows over with that dude. Yep. So it's um, I think the the pandemic has put a lot of those plans down. But um, but I'm telling you, man, this thing if and when this thing blows over, if, if <laughs> it blows over, who knows? Um, I think Dana White's gonna pull all the stops. I hope he's gonna pull all the stops, and uh, and we'll get some epic epic cards. But, I hope so. I agree. Um, but then, man, who knows? I, I, I know part of the plan was to put big fights just to make it at least interesting. And look, even in the beginning, we mentioned Nganu, mm-hmm. um That 19-second fight, he beat some guy who was undefeated. And after he knocked him out in 19 seconds, he's on the mic saying, oh, he has a lot of potential. It's like, yeah, sure, 19 yeah. seconds. Yeah. But, you know, I, I remember being in my car the next morning and I'm listening to ESPN Radio. And at the time, no other sports were happening um that was like the biggest story and i get it there's nothing else for sports commentators to talk about um but as an mma fan uh you you and i of course we're, we're big uh mma fans it was cool to see the sports world only talking about the ufc because it, that's <laughs> not not the way you want it to happen of course right. but uh i i hope they pick it up man because um like i said it's an awesome sport it's 
entertaining as hell um, if you give it a chance. And um, once they get crowds back, I think it's going to be um, I, it, it's going to be a fun ride. I just wish they didn't have Stephen A. talking about it. That's it. Oh God, <laughs> Stephen, I, I would take Max Kellerman talking about it because he's Max. He Kellerman. knows what he's talking about, actually. At, he he at does. Least, yeah, he at least knows combat sports in a way, yeah. right? I mean, he's a great boxing guy. But man, Stephen A. coming in here just like, um, who is he calling a, uh, uh, Nermi or Nerma? Or Nerma? He was like, he was like Nermi, Nermi. Instead of saying Nermaga Madoff, for some reason you can't say Nermaga Madoff. Um, you know, and then just say Habib. Uh, Nate Diaz is a wrestler. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> what else did he say? Oh, that awful video of him uh, hitting the mitts. Why would you put that on the internet? Do you ever see that? Hmm, no. Oh, bro, look up uh, Stephen A. hitting mitts. It's awful. Oh Jesus! Uh, anyway, I'd, I think I'd rather just listen to Steve and I talk than than watch that. But I can't. I could can barely do that. <laughs> um, you know, you, you were mentioning uh, I got banned on Facebook for putting up the Mike yeah, Tyson fight. Did... You know, I, I knew I was not <laughs> supposed to do that, but it's it's not just that. It's like what I did is I zoomed in and also turned on the volume so you could potentially sneak by, and even then that was not worth it because you had all these people in the comments bitching about everything. I'm like. Man, I'm just trying to do something really nice for the world, and that was not even worth it. And of course, never. I got banned for 72 hours on my personal page. Yeah. Um, I did have like a backup account, so I was able to post on my public page, which we're on Facebook Live uh, through that now. I was able to um, to uh, post uh, through there, but I couldn't do a Facebook Live. And I thought, oh man, it's gonna be 30 days. And then I remember the Saturday, a week later, I thought, you know what? It's been exactly a week. Let me just do a facebook live and i'm just basically pointing my phone to the carpet and people are like you're back you're back i'm like oh shit this is actually working now it's funny when i was trying to do live it said mm-hmm. oh your internet connection is not working check again it's like what the fuck yeah i bet really <laughs> thanks like zuckerberg you dick yeah. no, but now we're gonna um, get banned because you said that thanks eddie yeah right exactly <laughs> now, <laughs> zuckerberg yeah <laughs> zuckerberg seems like an alien to me like he is not real like I did not, but you know, those are the, the, the old conspiracy of the reptilians are running the, uh, there was a David Icke that used to do that. The reptilians are running the government. It's they're actually reptiles in human skin. I didn't believe that at all. And I still don't till I saw Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress drinking water. Oh, I was like, that is so strange. You know, we were talking by the way, before, um, we started going live and started recording, you were yeah. talking about me hating the Raiders and everything, which you get, cause I'm a chiefs fan. Here's my right. beef with the Raiders. It's not so much the team. I, I can, you know, admit when a team's good or not, whether I hate them or not, but man, Raiders fans, I hate them. Cause when the, <laughs> when, when the Khalil Mack rumor started about him possibly being traded, mm. I remember posting that and I don't know if you've noticed this or if other people have noticed, but anytime there's a rumor or a significant report, I always say, you know, who reported it? Because at the time I just said, oh, there's a rumor that uh, Khalil Mack is going to get traded uh, for two first round draft picks, which eventually happened. But at the time, a bunch of Raiders fans found my post and they blew me up. I'm like, shit. Uh, Like, I I actually... Bars, you're an irresponsible reporter, dude. You're totally an irresponsible journalist, dude. <laughs> she made me laugh so hard. That's, I was like, that's another fucking issue. But yeah. Um, anyway, I, I deleted the post. And then an yeah. hour later, Khalil Mack did get traded. I'm like, shit. I wish I did not delete the post because I was going to respond to every single Everybody. one of those assholes and just yeah. let them know, you know, screw you for calling me fake news or spreading yeah. fake news. 
Um, so any opportunity I get to troll the Raiders, I want 100% do it. So that's my beef with the Raiders. As I say about the Seahawks, about the Patriots, about the... I know you love my 49 as a Cardinals fan, you love my 49ers trolling. I love that shit. That's great. <laughs> that's amazing. I, 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 the funny thing is, is, is uh, my wife's a Niners fan. Um, through her family, oh, is she? Not really hardcore. She's still okay. the Cardinals. But if, if there's an if, if the Cardinals are you know the game's over and the Niners are playing the afternoon game, we'll watch that. Yeah. But um, like her family's huge, all Niners fans, and so when the Niners play the Cardinals, I'm talking mad shit. So in week was it week one this year? We beat them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we beat him in week one. Oh man, I was talking all the trash. But um, by the way, other than that, like it's always the fan bases that suck. They're the only ones that make the organization like you know you hate like a certain team really. Like, yeah. I honestly like for example like uh, and it's funny because the Lakers are in the Suns division and obviously in the in the same conference. So like I never had a problem against Kobe. Laker fans drove me nuts back in the day. Oh, I'm sure. But even now, it's funny like. Like uh, uh, I was rooting, I was kind of rooting for the Lakers to win the, the title just for Kobe. That's it. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey man, man a yeah, lot get of people were. for Kobe. Yeah, just get the ring for Kobe. When the Dodgers went, I'm like, win that shit for Kobe. Like just everything for Kobe. New Year and everything. Uh uh-uh. uh. Let's go Phoenix. All right, it's all Arizona. Let's go. But um, hey, but fan bases are funny, man, because you either get one that's super passive, like a Cardinals fan base, which for some reason is very few of us that are like you know. Throw a middle finger. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how crazy Cardinals fans are. And I know every stadium has this happen at the place because of alcohol. But in our stadium, you will have two sober Cardinals fans fight over this dumbest shit. Okay, like I feel. Who were we playing? No, not, not Atlanta. Whatever. We were playing somebody, and I was. Um, I messed up, and I got cheap tickets. Right, because yeah. if you're gonna go watch football, you go down in the expensive seats because then people are paying too much money to get hammered and you know they're paying attention. The people up top are just trying to get drunk at a football game. Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, it was me and my wife and a few of my friends were hanging out on top and like the shit talking going on. And I'm like, oh man, probably, we probably have some like opposing fans up here, or whatever. I look back, all Cardinal fans, and they're talking shit to each other and they start brawling right up, right, you know, the couple rows above us. Um, you get you know fan bases like that that are fighting each other. But then you get like Eagles and uh, who do the Eagles hate? Everybody like Eagles, uh, Cowboys, hate. Giants. Yeah, the, the Eagle fans will fight Cowboy fans oh, straight yeah. up, and like they will be so stone cold sober doing it. Here will be like, hey man, good game. Oh, we beat you guys. That's yeah, you did. It's all good. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, yo, fuck you or something. You know what's interesting? Uh, the last time I attended a game at Arrowhead was Chiefs Broncos Thursday night football. And it was heartbreaking because Jamal Charles at the time he was with us, we oh. had the ball tied and he fumbles it and the Broncos yeah. scoop it. And, and my, my boy, Chris Harris, you know, former Kansas Jayhawk, I was happy for him, but God damn, man, not at that moment. But anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, that game, I saw so many fights between Chiefs fans and Broncos fans. There was even this poor woman, this, this usher who was – in her late sixties and she's, you know, it's in her job description, I guess, you know, she's trying to break these people up. Thankfully other people got involved, but it's like, man, like what is said at these events where you want to just fight somebody? I mean, I get it. You root for two different teams, but man, you don't have to kill each other. Right. I just, I want the passion. Not necessarily the fights, but I want the passion in this family's damn it. But um, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know. I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen stuff like that happen at like, like sun, no, I'm sorry, sorry, at a Sun Devil and Wildcat games because obviously they're right, the state in state rivals. 
but um like i've been to plenty of i've been to the games on both sides of it i actually fun fact i went to both schools i started off at arizona state at the walter cronkett school oh, okay. one of the best jersey schools yeah and then uh i ended up transferring that to uh to arizona um to their journalism school which is way smaller but i, I liked it better it was more per- it was more personal i guess i don't know but um so i've been to rivalry games at sunday stadium and i've been to rivalry games at arizona stadium and you will get brawls between those fan bases every time and it's always kind of fun to see like drunk students fight each other i'm like really like you know you got to drive 100 miles back home right dummy like <laughs> by the way anyone in there in tucson arizona if you're going down there you get in a fight you do not want to go and get arrested by tucson pd you do not want to do that no, are, are, you're right? not talking from experience are you Nah, dude, I avoided yeah, okay, cops like a motherfucker when I was down there. No, nah, I've seen plenty of bullshit happen though. Like David, I've seen I've seen, you know, cops down there slam like drunk girls into the ground. You just oh my god. What happened? You know, this is before Twitter and all that. So you know what's funny is our football team, KU football team. Yeah. Look, we're KU football, okay? We suck. Uh our kicker, we came back against rice. Yeah. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, L- Louisiana Tech. We came back against Louisiana Tech, okay? And our kicker made a game-winning field goal from 52 yards. Obviously, awesome moment. But, you know, the players are going out, you know, it's Saturday night, and I heard a rumor, and I do I do believe this rumor, that the kicker was uh, telling one of the bouncers, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And I'm oh like, oh, my God. And I've heard I heard some things happen. I guess it didn't. I, I'm guessing Charlie Weiss didn't because no players got reprimanded. But, dude, and by the way, man, because I was in student media, I'll say this. There are a lot of things that you know as a student, or even if you're just a student, not even a member of the media. There are a lot of things that you know that a lot of the journalists don't know. And as a member of student media, I'm like, look, I'm trying to, you know, build a resume and make connections. I do not want to, you know, cross any bridges that I shouldn't really right. cross or burn or whatever. But man, the things you learn, um, they're interesting. Dude, uh, I, I used to party with the football team uh, down in Arizona. All right. That's all I got to say about that. Cause I, <laughs> I, I look, man, I'm cool with all those, with a bunch of these guys. And so they'd be like, Hey, we're going to a party. You want to go? And I'd be like, it's Monday night. Yeah. Whatever. Dude, we don't have class tomorrow. I'm like, why well, do Let's come out. Let's go. <laughs> So I'll go out with those guys and I'll be like, like legit. It was like twice where, uh, I mean, I saw a bunch of shit happen. Please believe every time I went out with those guys, it was insanity. Um, some crazy shit would happen, but there was two times in particular where they would be like, are you a journalist right now? And I would get the hand be like, nah, <laughs> no, no. So then I would go, you know, the games and we'd cover those and all that. And, and then just like you said, like the professional media would be like, I wonder why, you know, so-and-so player, I'm not going to throw any names out there, why so-and-so player is all groggy today. And I'm like, well, I could fucking tell you. I was with him last night, drinking with him, you know, getting hammered. But it's, you know, it's funny, man. There was a, a, a friend experience. of mine. Uh, he was also in student media. We had, we co-hosted a radio show together and we called some games together. Um, he's told me some stories um, about coaches and players. And I, I, I trust him. And here's why I trust him is because, he would tell our football team, you know, we sucked. So we had a different starting quarterback every week. And he told me who the starting quarterback would be. And every week he was right. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I can't really get into some of these. And, and you know why? No. I, I think yeah. anyone that's been a student at a big university like Kansas or Arizona State or Arizona, you 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 get it. So, um, yeah, there, there are a lot of stories there. Hey, man, uh, my, my battery is close to dying. And I know cool. we're going longer than I said. Uh, real quickly, I know you, you do a lot of stuff online with blogs and podcasts. 
Uh, what do you do? How can people find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter at Elaw32. It's E-L-A-W-3-2. And I post everything on there. I do uh, Arizona Wildcats football with former corner Shaquille Richardson. I do the uh, AZ Cards cast on Sportscaster. I do the Keyboard Warriors podcast. It's KeyboardWarriorsMMA.com. Um, you want to talk about fighting or whatever, go to that. Um, dude, I do uh, way too much stuff on that. I think about it. But like, I do everything, dude. It's, it's what it is. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, E-L-A-W-3-2. All right. Awesome, man. Well, I'm sure we're going to do this again. Uh, until oh, then, absolutely. stay safe. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Take care, man. All right. All right. All right. Good stuff from Eddie Law. A big thanks to him for joining me on the podcast. If you guys want to hear more of my podcast, check out previous episodes. Go to my YouTube page. Check out some of my guest segments on there. Also doing them on Facebook. Got a good turnout on Facebook. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, appreciate those who joined and interacted with us. I, I understand some, especially because a lot of my followers are Kansas City uh, natives, Chiefs fans. I get some uh, guests might be more interesting than others. But for those who did watch and, and comment, got to give a big thanks to you guys for participating in that. We'll keep doing that for now until... People say we don't like it. So for now, it seems like people approve of the uh, Facebook Live segments that we do for the podcast. So we'll keep doing that. Until then, uh, I'll be back next week. Don't know who the guest is going to be, but we'll find someone and bring them on. Uh, big thanks to you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of Farscast. I am Farzine Vesugian. Stay safe. I'll talk to you guys next week.